The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. This episode of the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ. You know, every time you turn on the TV, you're always filled with constant bickering, made-up drama, and all of that BS that we see on every channel, every network. But CBS Sports HQ is here to change all of that. CBS Sports HQ is a network that streams 24-7 and brings you all the sports, all the fantasy coverage, and none of the yelling or fake debates. Their fantasy experts are there all season, draft prep, championships, and they'll bring you the latest stats and injury updates as well as in-depth breakdowns and analysis. So whether you play DFS or season long, whether you are interested in fantasy or just news and highlights, previews, recaps, and you just don't want the politics or any of the fake debates, you know that CBS Sports HQ is the move, and it's all free. So just open the CBS Sports app and watch anytime from anywhere on your phone or at home on your Apple TV, Roku, or Fire TV. It could not possibly be easier. Download the CBS Sports app and watch CBS Sports HQ today. You are entering the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anchu Kana. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn. I am joined, as always, by Anchu Kana. Anchu, this is show two of the week. I know we recapped week one on our previous show. If you haven't heard that yet, go check that one out. Uh, but we've got a lot to talk about here with week two on the horizon. But before we do, Anshu, how are you feeling here as we record? I'm doing great, man. It's going to be a really fun weekend. I think there are a lot of really good games. And like this is, you know, basically what we know is after two weeks, you are what your record is, especially if you're 0-2 or 2-0. and I mean, there's there are graphs out there that basically show if you're 0-2, your chances of making the playoffs are right around 14% historically. So, you know, it's not impossible, but it's very difficult to come back from. Absolutely. And we are going to be looking at a lot of game lines here. We're going to be talking about a little bit of fantasy implication and all the lines will be from Bovada Sportsbook. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. I know we look at them week to week, but uh, we've got a game here on Thursday on you and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers. Both of these teams start the year 0-1. Carolina obviously at home looking for the win and Bovada's got them as the seven point favorite. The over under set at 49 and a half. What's a storyline or two you're looking at in this game? I'm looking at if Jameis can bounce back. We absolutely panned Jameis on our last show, and for good reason. Rightfully um, so, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, both these quarterbacks are kind of facing an early crossroads. Again, 0-1 and 0-1 in division, trying to get up and, and you know kind of a leg up, trying to stay keep pace with the Saints who steal that victory uh, on Monday night. And so, I, I mean, I'm looking to the Panthers to really put the clamps down. I know that it's a Thursday game and anything can kind of happen. Um, but man, it's, it's just very difficult for me to envision Jameis going on the road and pulling this one off against Carolina. Yeah, I don't think they win, but I, I just feel like this is the kind of game that keeps Jameis relevant. And is as, as much as he always has those those terrible games as he's coming off of against the Niners, he always finds a way to, to, to remind people that he has talent. So I feel like he's going to have a good game. I think this might be the shootout that we didn't see 
last week that we expected to see with the Rams. And I think this one goes for a lot of points. Exactly. We we expected to see a shootout with L.A. and Carolina. We expected to see a shootout with San Francisco and Tampa Bay. We didn't get either. So I think this could be the shootout we were hoping for last week. And I'll probably be wrong again. But (laughs) I I do think Jameis is the kind of quarterback that will bounce back in this. But I think the Panthers will end up winning it. That seven-point line is probably something I shy away from. But, again, I kind of like that 49.5 over-under. Yeah, 49.5 at Bovada is very interesting when you think about the whole group of of games. I mean, you know, 45, 48, 45, 48 and a half, 44. Like, I mean, I think this might be the highest total, and that's on a Thursday, which is crazy. Uh, Chiefs Raiders is 53 and Saints Rams as well. But the others are basically under, which is going to be really interesting. So to get that to kick off your week is awesome for our, our fantasy seasons for sure. Agreed. We've got an interesting line here in Pittsburgh. The Bovada line's at four. Uh, they've got the Steelers as the favorites at home, and obviously the Steelers coming off of a whooping that they took in uh, in <laughs> Foxborough. <laughs> yeah, you probably can. <laughs> Seattle coming off of a tough one against my Bengals. They're coming in at, on the road as the four-point underdogs, and I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like Seattle to cover this. I think this could come down to a field goal, especially looking at what we saw last week from both teams. But again, you hate to overreact. The over under here is forty six. Love the love the Seahawks plus four here. Totally agree with you. I I think that Pittsburgh's going to have issues. Although you know, if they can pass the way the Bengals did, then you know that forty five and a half seems pretty light. Um, both these defenses gave up a ton of points last week, and um, or at least a ton of yardage and production. So I I mean. I do think the Steelers probably win, but I really like the plus four. I don't see how you can look at this game and feel after week one that the Steelers are the better team. And even looking ahead at this game in the preseason, I'm not sure how you felt that way. So while I do expect the Steelers to come off the mat and and probably win, four points just seems, it just seems like a point off to me. Agreed. And I, if I'm if I'm looking at this fantasy wise, I'm firing up Seattle's receivers. I know Tyler Lockett didn't have a great game last week, but Pittsburgh gave up yardage and touchdowns to pretty much everybody for new england i think seattle can beat that secondary a little bit more so than than you saw them against the Bengals last week pittsburgh's front is going to make seattle throw and i think this game could end up being a little bit higher scoring as well as i think these defenses are both a little bit overrated coming into the season yeah Um, joe hayden gets banged up too in that new england game it'll be interesting to see how he plays if he does it all um and you know and you know, the unveiling of DK Metcalf, if, if Hayden ends up sticking to him, it's going to be real interesting. So I'm fascinated. These are two teams, even though the Seahawks are 1-0, they feel 0-1 to me. So um, I, I feel like this is a, a big-time game for both of them. Agreed. Speaking of big-time games, the Vikings go to Green Bay. Your Packers, three-point favorites. This could be a precursor to the two best teams in the division and kind of who end up fighting for this down the stretch. But uh do you like your Packers? I know last week you were a little bit uh, hesitant to take them coming into Chicago. They end up winning the, the close game. Uh, do you like the Packers at minus three here? I think that that line is fair. I probably wouldn't switch it either way. I don't know how you could say the Vikings are necessarily better after the way that their offensive line pass blocked last week, but obviously Dalvin Cook absolutely went berserk. I just think that this Packers defense is going to be as good as we saw them last week. I mean, not not necessarily in terms of points in production against Mitchell Trubisky, but I think that they're a really solid defense. And playing at home in their home opener after a 1-0 start and a 10-day break, I just think that crowd is going to be all about it. And 
I like Green Bay. I like the under in this game. 44 and a half is what we see on Bovada. And I, th- I just think that that's, that's the right total. And I mean, it's probably a little high. I, I don't necessarily like the Vikings coming in and throwing the ball a whole lot against these new, uh, this new defensive front that Brian Gutekunst has put together for the Packers. And um, on the other hand, I don't know that the Matt LaFleur offense is going to get going against Minnesota's defense. So I do like the under. And I, if pressed, I, I kind of think the Packers are going to pull it off. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Packers win this one, and I, I think it could be another defensive uh, ball game here as, as we think about what happened last week with Green Bay and also you know what Minnesota did to that high-powered offense of Atlanta. Yes, so I think yes. I think we could see some, some good defensive football once again. So if you're a football guy, this is the kind of game for you. <laughs> um, all right, the, the, the line of the week, and when I see something like this out of Bovada, I, just, I have to smile ear to ear. You've got Miami coming in as the 19-and-a-half-point oh underdog at home. A home 19-and-a-half-point underdog. Yes, we said that right. 19.5, over-under at 48. And honestly, I'm probably taking the Patriots. (laughs) That's the thing. You'd have to be crazy to take Miami after what they looked like last week. Now they don't have Laramie Tunsil after the trade, obviously. I mean, they didn't last week either. But you can just tell that they're going to have issues, man. And we know that they're going to – the only hope they would have to keep this close is to run the ball, I think. And – you know, Kenyon Drake looked awful. I obviously Kellen Balazs looked even worse. Didn't even crack zero yards total rushing. I, what is going to happen? At the Very tough to hit <laughs> the office. So, I mean, all New England needs is to go out there and actually try. And even if they don't, you got to think that they win by at least two touchdowns. So, unless Bill Belichick is you know really feeling for his old buddy Brian Flores and Chad O'Shea, I, I just do not see how Miami keeps this close. If I had to make a pick, I'm probably taking the the points from the home dog, the massive home dog, but I don't like it at all, and I, I will not bet it. I can promise you that. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from that one too. I, I kind of like the under just because I don't think Miami's going to put up enough points for that over to hit. So 48 from Bovada is not a bad bet if you're looking to bet on this game at all. But to Anshu's point, I don't think either of us are. Um, Cowboys Redskins this is another one that you would expect to be lopsided but I think the Redskins earned the plus five and a half with the performance they put up last week against the Eagles Cowboys still going as uh, the road favorite five five and a half point favorites looking at Bovada but the Redskins definitely proved to be uh, at least more respectable than we thought they would be coming into this season for sure. And I think this is a classic example of a chance to capitalize on people overreacting to week one. I mean, and and we are two of them. We were obsessed with the way that the Cowboys looked on our last show. And I just look, Kellen Moore, what they have, it's it's going to be impressive. And we don't know if Washington even has Darius Geis for this game. Not that that necessarily moves the needle a ton, but, you know, playing at home against their rivals. I actually really like Washington to cover. I'm not saying that I like them to win, but Case Keenum with 380 at the way that they played against the Eagles was so impressive to me. I think Dallas' secondary is probably slightly worse than Philly's. So I like Washington. They get Trent Williams back. I think that they'll be able to cover this. And I'm very interested to see how Terry McLaurin looks in week two against Dallas. Yeah, we talked a lot about him. Also, Michael Gallup on the other side of the ball. He could be proving to be a star opposite Amari Cooper uh, on the Dallas side with 158 week one, as we talked about on the other show. All right, San Francisco coming to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Bengals actually favored in this game. Might be the only time in the whole season that they're favored, but they are (laughs) one and a half point favorites at home, which... Uh, would would suggest that San Francisco would be favored if they are at home. But uh, 45 points is the over-under on Bovada. I kind of like the over in this one. I think both of these teams are going to score points in this game. I 
absolutely love the over. I love the Bengals. Minus one and a half. How is this not three? I, I mean, unless you're just looking at record, the Niners played a worse team and looked worse. And the Bengals, I mean, I just don't get it. Unless Joe Mixon isn't playing. I, and even then, you know, the Bengals did so well to move the ball. I just don't see how San Francisco is going to slow down this offense. I can't believe I'm even saying that. But the fact that Cincinnati went on the road to Seattle and did what they did, San Francisco is clearly a worse defense. And now since he's home, I mean, I just don't get I don't get this line. Um, and again, I don't want to overreact too much, but that just seems silly. So I, I love Cincinnati in this game. Yeah, table your expectations on John Ross this week, but fire up Tyler Boyd. If you watched that Bengals-Seahawks game, which you probably did not, Tyler Boyd looked like he was going to have 15 catches at least in this in that game in the first half. He, he had he had like six right off the bat, and then it just it slowed down from there. I think he's a guy that's going to get a ton of targets week two, uh, and I ultimately think this is going to be a high-scoring game, which should end up you know working in his favor as well. So right, if you've right. got him, play him, especially if Joe Mixon is hurt in this one. Josh, All right, chart. Yes, I'm making this my shoe-in of the week. The Bengals oh, minus boy. one and a half. That is my. That is the kiss of death. I apologize in advance, but that's what I'm doing. Oh, uh, you can't. You can't start the year zero and two. I have to. I'm you? sorry. I got to draw five hundred. This is the way it's going. Uh, I just. I mean, I'm rooting for you either way. You could have. <laughs> you could pick the Steelers, and I would no. still root for you to get back to five hundred. We can't. We can't have you going. 0 oh, and 16 this year. 0 oh, and 17. This year. <laughs> Imagine if I just get every single one wrong. Just, uh, <laughs> sounds perfect. No, you'll 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 bounce back, and hopefully this is the week that you do it. Uh, speaking of bouncing back, Detroit coming off of a tie with Arizona. They're taking on the Chargers at home. They're still uh, home dogs. They're three point underdogs at home, according to Bovada. 48 point over under here. What do you like here with LA at Detroit? I, I this is one of those examples of a game where I, I think that one of these teams is being severely undervalued based on what happened last week. And I think that team is the Chargers. I, I thought that Detroit looked awful down the stretch and in overtime against the Cardinals team that was clearly just trying to figure stuff out. Um, we didn't a guy we didn't really talk about too much was TJ Hawkinson. What a game out of the rookie and you know rookie tight ends generally aren't that impressive to do what he did is so so impressive and so if you know if he's on your waiver wire obviously it's a guy you got to go get um but I like the Chargers to come out and while I don't think I expect a downgrade from Austin Eckler because this Lions defense rushing wise is really good snacks Harrison maybe the best run defender in the league as far as what he does for an entire defensive line by himself um but I, I do like the LA Chargers coming on the road in the dome and knocking off Detroit here. So the two and a half is, is nice in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that over under is set appropriately 48. I'm probably shying away from that. I, if yeah. I would, I would probably lean under cause I think Detroit's defense is better than we gave them credit for, but the chargers tend to put up points late in games. And I just, I don't know that I feel confident one way or another there, but I think the chargers ultimately are going to cover that three, but I don't know that I'm confident enough to take that three points. I, it's, it's going to be a close game, like you said. And I, I, I think Detroit's a little bit better than a lot of people are giving them credit for aren't you. And I think you agree there. All right, Indian. though, just from like a DFS perspective, I think that so Darius Slay is a stud for Detroit, but I think that the other pieces are going to be are are not as good in the secondary. And I think Larry Fitzgerald showed that last game for Arizona down the stretch. So Keenan Allen working in the slot is a guy that I have majorly circled in DFS. Obviously, an A plus type number one receiver, but you know, especially in this matchup, I really like Keenan Allen. Fair enough. All right, Indianapolis taking on the Titans. Titans have a home game here after going into Cleveland and putting a whooping on the Browns. They're three-point favorites at home against against the Colts on Bovada. 
Yeah, this is a complete stay away from the line for me. I, I don't know what to think of the Titans, and I'd rather wait to see what this game looks like. And I, I think the same thing with the Colts. Like, we just don't know. They had, I thought they were really impressive to go into the Chargers and, and do what they did So um, and keep it close, as close as they did. We talked about Jacoby Brissett and Frank Reich and that offensive line. I'm steering clear of this, but if anything, I kind of like the Colts on the road um, to to get the three. I'm still I'm just not sold. Every time I trust Mariota, I feel like he burns me. So this is a tough one. Although I'll be be rooting for him for your buddy DJ. Yeah, I mean the Colts last week. I think they they showed that they're going to be in a lot of games, and this is the kind of game the Titans lose. You see at least one or two games out of the Titans where there's no touchdown scored. You see like a <laughs> nine to six game or six nine nice, nice. Uh, or like you know a game where there's just no offense. This could be that type of game. But no uh, Indianapolis Indianapolis offense looked good week one, so I could be proven wrong there. But I could see this game being one of those low scoring affairs. And forty four and a half to me is just too much. I like the under. Ooh, uh, interesting. Okay. I generally agree. I think both these teams are going to be very defensive-minded and want to run a lot, but I'm just not sure the opposing defenses are going to let them do that. Yep, good point. All right, Anshu, Arizona to Baltimore. This is another big line, 13.5 on Bovada. Baltimore, the big favorite here. This is a game I'm a little leery of. I think Arizona could keep this a little closer. I, I think this is that's a great call by you. I, I definitely think that Baltimore is a safe survivor pick, but yeah, I, I'm really interested to see how Arizona, the way the momentum that they collected there at the end of the game, I, I just think that they could look okay. It's not like they're going to a freezing cold stadium where Kyler Murray won't be able to drive the ball through the air. I, I think that they'll be able to spread out the Ravens, and in my opinion, that's the way to beat this Ravens defense is try to get as many defensive backs on the field and just see what you can get in the slot. And, and while I don't think it's going to go great for Arizona's offense, I definitely think that they can keep it within two scores. Agreed. And that's a big, big line, even though they're coming all the way to the East Coast in this game. Uh, but Baltimore, uh, when you're talking fantasy, we talked about oh, it on the, the previous show and what they were able to do. And obviously Lamar Jackson with the big week. I'm probably firing pretty much everyone up in either of these offenses. Uh, Kyler Murray, this could be the, the type of game against Baltimore that he maybe has uh, you know, a few hiccups, but they're going to be throwing the ball the whole game. So his numbers should should at least do well for your fantasy purposes if you have a two-quarterback league like we do, aren't you? Yep. I, I hate to... Go ahead. This total was at 42, I think it opened. It's 46 and a half. The Sharps are betting the hell out of the over. And for good reason, after seeing the two offenses last week, specifically Baltimore. I mean, like you said, like, who do you bench on Baltimore's offense? I would even look at Gus Edwards, I think, to a certain extent, especially in DFS, or Justice Hill if this is a high-scoring game. I think you see more of Justice Hill as a pass game threat, and I just... Look, we don't we don't know who Baltimore's throwing to, but we do know that they're going to score, I think, and and that makes this over, I think, pretty enticing. All right, this one's tough. I mean, I I, I hate to even go here, aren't you? But uh, the New York Giants plus one and a half at home against the Buffalo Bills. Can you imagine a worse game to be watching at twelve o'clock on Sunday? No, I'm I'm very glad I will not be in East Rutherford, New Jersey for this one. I'm so glad that there are other ones that are on. But um, you know, Wolf. that being said, a lot of lot of Saquon Barkley owners will be interested, Evan Ingram owners will be interested, maybe John Brown owners will be interested because I think John Brown, after seeing what the Cowboys did to Dow to the to the Giants defense last week, you gotta look at John Brown, I think, this week. And I I just think that, you know, Josh Allen and John Brown will be able to get the ball down the field on the Giants. I don't know who else he'd be throwing to. So that's one I would definitely be looking at as a deep sleeper um, or a DFS type player, flex play um, on the Giants side. I mean, it's, it's tough because as you alluded to last show, the Bills did have the number two defense last year and looked good against the Jets in week one. But 
um, you know, it's it's just so hard. And by the way, how are the Giants underdogs at home? I'm I'm pretty surprised by that. Because they stink. They're <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty bad. But aren't they like I I don't know. I feel like they're the same. Say not the yeah, same. Yeah, no, I know. They're equally <laughs> terrible. It could easily be even <laughs> money. I it, 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 they both this. I just all right. Let's just move on from that yeah, one. Agreed. All right, rounding out the twelve o'clock games, Houston Texans <laughs> are going to. I mentioned I mentioned on their previous show they're going to have an opportunity to bounce back in a big way, and that's because they're taking on Gardner Minshew. In the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, he looked great, uh, you know, unexpectedly in week one. But I think that that uh, that little hot streak he's on comes to an end against Houston at home. Uh, I guess Houston on the road, I should say. And the the Texans nine point favorites here on Bovada. Yeah. And on top of that, just 43 points. So for the total. So they expect this to be an absolute blowout for the Texans and for good reason. I mean, I, I think that this Jaguars defense, it looked awful against, I know it is Kansas city, but without Tyree kill and with putting the clamps essentially on that run game, they still just had their way. And I, I, you got to think that Deshaun Watson sees that and is just licking his chops if he's even remotely healthy. So this is a get right game for Houston. They should be one and oh, They'll get to one and one, I think. And uh, on top of that, I'm I'm really interested to see. Maybe they'll try to get that run game going a little bit, and we can get some clarity on who to trust between Hyde and Duke Johnson. Yes, sir. And that's a lot of twelve o'clock games that we went through. We've got some three o'clock games we want to talk about as well. But if you're watching all of those games, one place you can do it is with NFL Game Pass. You can replay every game all season long, and you can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It is all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. I'm most excited to watch my Bengals. I know Anshu can't wait to watch his Packers this season, and we obviously want to see if our teams can make a playoff push, and Anshu's team is far closer than the Bengals after week one. Uh, But with NFL Game Pass, we can replay every one of their games, either by replaying the full broadcast version or the entire game in only 45 minutes with condensed games. If you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you've got to try it. It's every play from the game back to back to back, so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all of the Super Bowl contenders, fringe playoff teams, and teams I think might sneak up on you. Who's really the team to beat in the AFC West? Is it the Chargers or Chiefs this year? Do the Saints have what it takes to stay atop the NFC South after their big win? And have the Patriots gotten even better from last season? I guess that depends if Antonio Brown can stay on the field. But to see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. And best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass if you sign up now at NFL.com slash Fantasy Hour. All right, aren't you? Got to get to some 3 o'clock games. There's a few more we need to run through. And not as many 3 o'clock games this week as last week. But we've got Kansas City going on the road to take on Oakland. Both of these teams start the year 1-0. But Oakland, a big underdog on at home here, plus 9 on Bovada. Ooh, man, that's, that is a big number. And as much as we wax poetic about this Oakland team on our last show, I... I do have fears about them at home, even without Tyreek Hill in the game for Kansas City. I just, I'm not sure that Oakland's going to have the firepower to hang this over-unders at 53. That is, that's going to be fun. I I hope that it ends up hitting that total, if not only for these Oakland fans. But, you know, I, I, I mean, could be a fun game. I just don't know how you can possibly pick against Patrick Mahomes against the Raiders. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are, you know, they're an easy pick this week. I, I, I would consider taking them in a survivor pool, even though it's hard to take a road team. There yeah. might be some better home ones out there, but I think that this is a game where Kansas City 
blows things up offensively. And, you know, even with not having uh, Tyreek Hill, I think that there's a lot that you can you can salvage here from Kansas City if you're looking at DFS play, if you're looking at uh, your, your your redraft leagues as well. So Nicole I like Hartman, Kansas man. City as well. This could Nicole be the week. Hartman. Yep, for sure. He played 78% of snaps. He played almost all the snaps after uh, Tyreek Hill gets hurt. And, you know, um, as long as this game's even remotely close – I think that the Chiefs end up having Nicole Hardman on the field. Even if it's not, I expect him out there. And uh, I think this is a great opportunity for them to target him a bunch. And this is a Raider secondary that you can definitely throw on. So, you know, obviously Joe Flacco, not a good gauge of that. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how the Chiefs utilize him. This is an important game for Chicago Bears fans. You've got the Bears going on the road to take on Denver. Both these teams coming off very tough losses. Bears... Three-point favorites on the road. But if they go into Denver and lose this game, you mentioned how hard it is to come back from being 0-2 and make the playoffs. That wouldn't position the Bears very well as they look forward. That's right. And a couple things that don't you know, tilt in their favor. Number one, they're obviously playing their former defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio. And number two... Playing in Denver in the first month has been a disaster for almost every road team because the teams are not well-conditioned enough to go and deal with the mile-high air. And so I think that for the Bears, I I actually – I know I'm a hater, but I really like Denver with the points at home. I just – this total is 40. That tells me that there's not much faith in Vegas for either of these offenses and for good reason. I'm not saying that the Broncos are going to put up a ton of points, but – I could just see Vic Fangio knowing the keys to stuffing Mitch Trubisky. And I think a major storyline next week, I'm going to say right now, is what is wrong with Trubisky and whether or not they potentially look to bench him. I'm just going to throw it out there. If, he, <laughs> if, if they suck, I mean, it's going to it's be a not huge happening. thing. Dude, they are. If they don't, if they score three points against the Packers on opening night at home, and then they go to Denver and score, let's say ten. What I mean, what are you saying? They're zero two. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. I just. They've invested so much. Who do you think is more likely to be benched if they lose this week? Jameis Winston or Mitch or Trubisky? Trubisky? Oh, probably Jameis. All right. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I don't think Trubisky gets benched, obviously, this week. But I think, I think it's a conversation. <laughs> it starts that, the conversation is what you're it saying. It starts a conversation, exactly. That's fair. I agree with you, though. I think Denver could easily win this game, and and Chicago becomes, uh, you know, a city that uh, you know is back to to the old Bears. I, I, you know, everybody's so high on this team coming into this season. I don't think they're as good as they were last year. I mean, I, the, the the personnel is there, but Mitch Trubisky. I know I, I'm not as I'm not going to beat him up as much as you generally will, but. <laughs> The the Bears defense is great and all, but they they're going to struggle to score points all year. I I think everybody was very high on Montgomery. I think will be it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him in this game because they didn't use him as much as we thought they would in Week One. This is going to be one to watch. I, I think this is an interesting storyline if they lose this game, and I think this is one they could potentially uh, overlook and, and potentially lose. Yeah, uh, for sure. Nagy against Fangio, who comes out on top? That's going to be real interesting because I'm not sure who has. I think it's probably Fangio in terms of who has the you know like schematic advantage, but it could be close. I I, I just I agree they they've got to ride Montgomery. We saw Josh we saw what Josh Jacobs did against that defense. He was able to get his. I think that's the key to the Bears, but I just don't know that they've got the Derek Carr type. You know, obviously to offset the run game. So I'm fascinated. This game is going to be really interesting in the late afternoon slate. Yeah, and the lowest point total of the week, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if the under hits at 40 on Bovada. Me either, me either. All right, this could be the game of the week. I mean, the Saints just always have 
ridiculous matchups, it feels like, doesn't it? I mean, they, they go on the road to take on the Rams. I feel like they're always playing one of the, the marquee games of the week, but they come in as dogs, plus two and a half. 53 is the over-under. Again, I think this could be the one to watch this week. Must watch. I wish it was a Sunday night, but either way, our, our eyes will be peeled on this game, I'm sure. And, and you know, I, I do like the Rams, the favorites at home, um, but narrowly, obviously, the NFC title game rematch from last year that was in the Superdome. We know that Drew Brees isn't quite as good on the road. Um, you know, they're, they're on a little bit of a shorter week. And, you know, I, I, I just think that L.A. will be ready for this. I, I do think that the under hits. I just don't see there being the points explosion we saw with Houston and, and New Orleans uh, last night. And so, um, yeah, I, I do like the Rams here. I think that they'll be able to hold them off and uh, and just narrowly escape with a win at home. Yeah, I honestly, I think this should be a pick em. And I get why the Rams are favored, wow. being that they're at home. I think two and a half is about right. But I think the Saints... You know, what they were able to do this past week, obviously, with the big game on Monday, I, I think the Saints are prepared to go into a Rams stadium where they don't have the best fan base, but there'll be more people than there, than there were there. And a lot of times because of the, just a marquee matchup like we talked about. Um, but this this is a game that I think we'll see a lot of offense out of. I think that over under is generous at 53, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that hit. And I, I think we're going to see a lot of fireworks in this one. So if you're looking at it fantasy wise, you've got to play everybody in this game. I think Kamara should come out and have a big one. Uh, you would expect, you know, the Rams backfield to do the same. And obviously a lot of receivers here to, to, to put up points as well. So I think Jared uh, Goff gets off the mat, like especially after seeing what Deshaun Watson did to that Saints defense on the road. I, I, expect a lot more out of Jared Goff especially with the extension and Brandon Cooks another name to watch I think this week you could see one of those huge you know two touchdown 120 130 yard games from him I like that we should see a lot of offense in this next one as well Sunday night we've got the Eagles going on the road to take on Atlanta we thought we'd see a lot of offense out of Atlanta last week so we could be proven wrong I mean they're they're underdogs at home plus two here against Philadelphia Two teams that started slow, kind of started to figure things out down the stretch of those games. Philadelphia obviously did it in a much bigger way. Yeah, for sure. I, I have a lot more faith in the Eagles. They are favorites on the road, and I like that. I think that the Eagles are clearly the better team. Although, you know, Atlanta at home is always a tricky one. I, I again, don't want to overreact to this. I bet the look-ahead line before this game was probably Atlanta by one, which isn't a big difference in terms of, like, cash payout. But if you're looking to steal, you know, a couple bucks here and there, you might be able to get that uh, by betting the Falcons as the home dog here. But uh, overall, I mean, look, the, like we said the Eagles secondary was absolutely ripped apart last week and, and, you know, not to a great team in Case Keenum in Washington. So I think that Matt Ryan should absolutely be able to get his. You've got to think that Devontae Freeman will come off the mat a little bit. Um, and on the other side, I mean, who, who do you like on the Eagles here? I think that it's going to be interesting. I, I mean, Darren Sproles got a lot more burned than we expected. I would have to expect Ertz to come back and, and at least get a touchdown here. I mean, he only has 54 yards receiving in week one. I think he's a guy that you would expect big numbers from. Julio Jones has to bounce back for Atlanta. You know, I think that you would expect to see a heavy dose of of, of really everybody. Calvin Ridley, Austin Hooper did have a good week, week one. Uh, but I think when you look at the Eagles, Miles Sanders is another guy to keep an eye on. I know you really liked him coming into this season. He kind of has a slow week one, but I think like you mentioned, the negative game script had a lot to do with that. I think he's a guy who could have a nice bounce back here in week two against an Atlanta team, which Dalvin Cook just, just knifed through in week one. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with that. I, I like Miles Sanders. I usually like him in more negative scripts. And yeah, like you said, I think that that could happen again. That 51 
I'm liking that over. Are you? I, oh yeah, fifty ones, fifty one. That's that's something that would definitely have me licking my chops. And I I, I like this game. I think it's going to be a, a fun matchup. I think they're two teams that. You know, you, you you expect that they should be able to put up points, but you're not going to be surprised if, if this is a lopsided game one way or, an, or another. And I don't think, True. honestly, as, as bad as the Falcons were week one, I think if Atlanta comes out and they win this game 35-21, I don't think either of us are necessarily surprised by that. True. I, I mean, yeah, and the Falcons are such a front-running team in terms of their stadium and the way that they play downhill when they get in a lead and they get going. I, I could absolutely see that. You could easily see this end up being one of those, like, yeah, the Falcons just fluked their way to that loss last week. But I will say that they, they lose one of their starting offensive linemen this week. I believe Chris Lindstrom is going to be out for the first half of the season. The Falcons already had kind of an, some issues up front, and they play a pretty dominant Philly front, so um, that could be an issue. But overall, I, I I agree. I mean, that crowd is going to be so, so loud. And, um, you know, uh, this season kind of hang, hangs in the balance. If they were to go down two to the Saints this early, I mean, that's that's basically a dagger already for their NFC South hope. So, um, you know, it really they really could use a, a W here, especially if the Saints go to L.A. and win. Yes, and two other teams that could use a W. That's Monday night. We talked a little bit about the Browns in the onset on the last show uh, with the dumpster fire of the week. Anshu, we've got to, we've got to see some offense out of the Browns. I mean, they're on the road. They're taking on the Jets. They still come in as the favorite. We know the Jets have a much better defense uh, again this year, and and I you know I I don't know what to expect out of this one. I think it could go either way. They over under set at forty five. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect out of this one. Totally agree. I mean, again, the implied line is basically Cleveland by eight or something in Cleveland. I I don't know how you can make that the line after what happened last week. So totally un, unknown here. Both these teams, I mean, especially the Jets have to be feeling terrible after last week to not get that win. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited for it. Craig Williams playing his former team. Uh, yeah, like I really have absolutely no idea. There's no chance in hell I would bet that line as it, it currently stands. Um, if anything, I might lean the Jets money line a little bit. And I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited to see Darnold and Mayfield go head to head because, you know, these obviously two top rookie, uh, or sophomore, I guess, quarterbacks now, um, at a crossroads for this season. So both a lot expected to both and to have them both playing each other is huge here. Uh, who are, who do you like for fantasy? Otherwise, Jameson Crowder had 14 catches last week. I don't think we see a repeat of that, obviously, but anybody else on the Jets specifically? I mean, I think the Browns bounce back. When you look at the Jets, I think Bell had a, a good game week one, but I think Bell's going to have a much better game in week two. I mean, you saw Derrick Henry rip off a couple big ones. He had the, the longest catch in Tennessee Titans history in that game last week against the Browns. Bell's a guy who gets out of the backfield, catches a lot of passes, and he put up good numbers in week one again, but I think he puts up even better numbers in week two here against the Cleveland Browns. I think Bell's a guy that I'm firing up across the board if I have him and, and an opportunity in, in DFS I think this is a good matchup for him as well okay. uh, but the Browns I mean I, I think you would expect Nick Chubb to bounce back uh, you you would expect Odell Beckham to get a lot of burn and obviously Baker coming off of a three interception game they're going to be trying to get him right and give him an opportunity to throw the ball quite a bit in this one for sure and I mean I I definitely look I think again you want to talk one game slate DFS Hollywood Higgins man I'm just saying John Brown went absolutely insane last week against the Jets. Why not Higgins? They're big, deep threat. Um, you know they're going to want to get Beckham the ball down the field, but he's not quite the, the pure, deep ball player that John Brown is. I think that you know Higgins is one to look at when you're looking to fade certain players and you know, you've know you got that one-game slate. I could see Hollywood being a huge, huge player for them this week. 
So shoes sleepers. I know we went through every game. Uh, was there anybody that maybe you didn't talk about? I know Higgins is obviously kind of in that conversation. There were a few other names that you mentioned uh, that that could potentially be sleepers yeah. for you this week. Is there anybody in particular that you want to put your name on as far as somebody that maybe you can get a little bit more value out of this week? I love Nicole Hardman this week. I think that he's going to play and play well. I think that even if the Chiefs are way up on the Raiders, I could see Hardman coming out and playing a decent amount. Gary and Conley is out for the, the Raiders. We saw him with a pretty brutal neck injury yesterday. And so, you know, I, I definitely could see the Chiefs putting up a bunch of points and maybe they don't target Sammy Watkins and they go away from that and go to Hardman. So that's an interesting fade if, if you're so inclined. I think Terry McLaurin, you know, there's a Redskins team that could absolutely be down to Dallas. And if they are, they're going to be throwing a ton, especially if Darius Geis is banged up. So Terry McLaurin, I mean, I, I mean, you know, obviously there are a ton of rookie guys that are out there that people are going to want to pick up the Hollywood Browns, the DK Metcast. I could see McLaurin and Miko Hardman being the stories this week. I like all of those. I think that's all good stuff, aren't you? I know we went a little long, but I did just want to get a reaction here with the leftovers. Uh, wanted to just couple last couple days we've had a few big injuries in the baseball landscape I know this is a quick shift of gears but I want to get your reaction to Christian Yelich uh foul ball goes off his kneecap he ends up shattering his kneecap we also had Javi Baez who it appears he will be out for the remainder of the season as well I mean these are two teams that are really battling for position when you look at the wild card race uh do you think that this is a devastating enough blow that both of these teams could potentially miss the playoffs obviously the Cardinals been playing a little bit better of late yeah, I mean, absolutely it could be, I, especially the Brewers, just a death now to lose your best player by far off your team. There's basically, what, 16-ish games left in this season. The Brewers, a game and a half back of the Cubs. They could, you know, it's so close and there's so such a little time left that there's a chance they could grab it. But obviously without Yelich, there's just no way that they could pull off the entire pennant so you know you wonder if that ends up factoring in if they're down four games or something down the stretch and you know maybe they don't even use him which is such a shame but you know the D-backs are somehow hanging around so the Cubs and Brewers both have to watch their backs on that the Cubs just have more you know players that can potentially replace Baez where you know the the Brewers just don't have that they just don't have a guy that can come step in and and replace Yelich so that's that's a death knell for Milwaukee unfortunately. Yeah, those are two huge losses for the both of those teams, and uh, you know it'll be it'll remain to be seen how they respond to it. But you hate to see, you know, those types of injuries this late in the season. Yeah, I mean, there's there's sure. been there've been a, quite a few late season injuries. That Byron Buxton goes down; he's out for the year. Obviously, the speedster mm-hmm. out of uh, Minnesota as well. There've been a lot of injuries down the stretch here this year, and on the other side of that, there's a few guys coming back for a playoff push. So especially pitchers. So it'll be interesting to see how this all pans out down the stretch, but I just wanted to quickly get your reaction to that. Also, as always, Antonio Brown is in the news once again for something else. Uh, Obviously, you know, the story comes out today that he was accused of rape in a civil lawsuit. Uh, Obviously, this story has to flesh itself out, so we don't want to knee-jerk react and and accuse anybody, but uh, it just baffles me how... Every every time you think, all right, he's signed with New England. This is going to go away. We've had ten stories this offseason centered around Antonio Brown. Here we are again. Yeah, it's crazy to me. And beyond that, like you know, you just wonder after seeing the way that New England looked last week, like what they were thinking with him. You know, like it, say say this didn't come out for another three weeks. I mean. Like, what's the upside to signing Antonio Brown? They just crushed the Steelers on Sunday night, 33-3, to right? And, I mean, how much better could they have possibly looked? You could still add Rob Gronkowski and be fine. 
I just don't get why teams aren't doing their due diligence. And by the way, make no mistake, the Patriots, they're claiming already that they didn't know about this. There's no way that was a surprise to them. They are the ultimate due diligence team. So, um, you know, stuff like this, you either have to be so cocky with your confidence in the locker room or plain stupid and just willing to risk risk it all for a player like Antonio Brown, which is possible. But, you know, this is, this is unfortunately the flip side of the coin with him, obviously. We've seen a lot of that this offseason. Yeah, and he gets $15 million, $9 million of that's guaranteed. He's got a $20 million option for the second year, so there's a lot of incentive for him to have a good season with New England. But you just you just wonder if this guy, if, if you know, if he's ever going to get things right. Like I said, just when you think it's done and, and we can move on and focus on football, something else comes out. And this is a while ago that this accusation uh, actually took place, but still very, very crazy that uh, it's it's coming up at the time that it does. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and it's not going to affect the Patriots too much in the negative. It doesn't look like, but I just don't really understand the logic of it. I would agree, my friend. All right, I know we went went long, but we wanted to touch on a couple of those big stories that have been out there. Anything you wanted to add before we let our listeners get to their weekend and focus here on week two and setting their lineups? Best of luck to all of you, especially the Bengals fans. Let's hope I didn't totally ruin your week with my quote-unquote lock here. Yeah, I mean, I, I will hope that uh, Anshu is 50% one and one after week two. And uh, I hope you guys, if you went down week one, you're you're back to one and one and, and still have the playoffs in your sight as well. But that's going to do it for us. So for Anshu Khanna, I'm Josh Dunn. Our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. We'll see you week three. <laughs>